Bartenders, a special NBA-themed episode of the Board Meets World podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Boyd, and joining me for this episode of Bartenders uh, was just Jordan Coots, no Caleb Clearman on this one, uh, but Jordan and I broke down the NBA's Western Conference teams heading into the 2019-20 season by comparing each one of them to an alcoholic beverage or situation. Uh, on what grounds, you ask? Well, kind of up to us. Uh, it might be about how they play, their style, um, their roster construction, their recent history, whatever it uh, made sense to us at the time as to what we compared them to, we went for it. Uh, just a couple notes here on this podcast. Jordan's audio was uh, not great, so I had to cut him out a couple of times. Um, so if it seems like it's just me talking for a couple teams or so, that is what's going on. Uh, and then also we recorded this podcast before the news of Zion, in- Zion Williamson's injury went down. So uh, we were quite high on the Pelicans and quite high on Zion. Still are, hoping he gets uh, back to full health soon enough. Um, but uh, we did not know that he had torn his meniscus at the time that we recorded this. Uh, enjoy this podcast. Enjoy the season. Peace. All right, kicking off the Western Conference version of this, we just said goodbye uh, to Caleb. Um, We will just do it, you and I, me and Jordan here for the West. We'll start with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'll go for this one, and you've been a victim of this drink uh, when we were in New Orleans. Uh, The Warriors are my my green tea shot team. Uh, Oh, yeah. Green tea shots are a great alternative uh, for those of you in need of something. Uh, you want to buy shots for the table, but you don't want Fireball, uh, and you don't want to, you know, risk it with vodka or rum or you know whiskey that someone might yak. Green tea shots are totally yak proof. Uh, in a sense, here with the Warriors, they don't want to do Fireball again. They don't want to run it back. They can't run it back with with what they had for the last couple of years. But they do want to keep this thing going. Uh, it's the shots are on the table. You're still the Warriors. Still have Steph Curry. Still have Draymond. Uh, Got to go for it. Um, it is going to change how this thing looks, though, with more of a second ball handling guard in D'Angelo Russell. And I have a couple questions here for you, and I'm sure you'll talk about these in whatever drink you have. But uh, how does the D'Angelo Russell thing impact Draymond's effectiveness? Because he's now kind of, uh, you know, uh, sharing with another playmaker. And then does D'Angelo Russell finish the season as a warrior? Um, well, I think on the offensive end, I think D'Angelo is going to play way more off ball than he is going to be primary ball handler. So I think it's going to maybe affect Russell a little more than it's going to affect Draymond. I think Draymond's kind of established there and he's going to have his kind of, his kind of role as that, um, high post distributor, even out to like the three point line distributor, they kind of have him operating wherever, um, but defensively, I think it's going to be a lot more of a burden on Draymond in terms of him having to um, cover more guys on the perimeter. Uh, Clay can't always Clay's not there to take the uh, the top perimeter threat. So the defense, I think, is going to struggle more than the offense. Um, in terms of D'Angelo being on the Warriors to end the year, I'm going to say yeah. Um, I just don't think there's kind of a better Maybe maybe not a better option, or I don't know if a. I just don't know what they would do, what they would do with him. Um, yeah. So I I and I do honestly think like if if you're gonna they did as best they could to replace the productivity on offense with that signing. Um, I think he ends up there. Yeah, it was another good situation similar to the to the Heat deal where where Richardson comes back uh, on that sign and trade. Um, from uh, from them losing KD to, to Brooklyn just kind of worked out really well that it's a momentary hit. If, I mean, obviously Durant to D'Angelo Russell is a big, big drop off, but, yes. um, but uh, you get something back there to salvage that because for a while it looked like that was the end of the Warriors dynasty. And now you have the situation where it's like, well, you know, if the, if the trend is curving upwards with Russell, uh, then this could be just the beginning of, of something new. Uh, what was your drink though? Um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I took a little bit of a different approach. Um, there was a, I think there was an interview with Draymond and someone was like, do you guys still think you can compete for the title? Or, or that was, it was along those lines and Draymond kind of asked Clay or vice versa, like, do we still have Steph Curry? And he's like, yup. And he's like, do we still have Draymond Green? He's like, yup. 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can still compete. So I think in that sense, it's like, all right, we've been here before. Like we have different pieces, but we have the same, or at least two of the same core members who won, who won a championship. Um, so I, I just had them as kind of like a classic vodka shot and that we've been, been here, we've done it. And, uh, I think, I think they're going to be about their business this year. Um, and maybe not as, as good obviously as, as ever, but definitely one of the top teams in the West. If, uh, if Steph Curry has like ankle soreness in January, and it doesn't look like Clay's coming back this year. Do they shut it down? I don't think soreness would do it. Um, I don't think they would push it. I don't. I don't know if they're necessarily ever gonna. If if it's if it's just an ailment, if they're necessarily ever going to like close that door. Yeah. Um, I think anytime that Steph can, if they can make the playoffs and Steph's back and healthy they're 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 gonna be playing um so i think that that door is just a little different if you have a guy like steph like you just you you never you never can count him out yeah for sure uh one of the thing of the the warriors the uh the marquise chris glow up is real <laughs> he got the uh the dream on green uh voted vote of confidence uh john oliver spoke his name on uh on last week tonight uh, things have really, really turned around for Chris, who looked like a complete afterthought. Um, literally got passed up by everybody in uh, in free agency. Is now maybe going to start for the Warriors this year, which is pretty nuts. Um, granted, that's due to like health situations, but uh, you know, still counts. To the Blazers, what uh, what drink do you have for them? Uh, the Blazers. Um, we know what we're gonna get with them as far as their front two options. So I said they are a rum and coke. With mm. a twist, with mint. Whoa! Um, I haven't I haven't heard this before, until very recently. Um, but I heard mint is actually a decent replacement if you're looking for a little a little switch up than your ordinary lime. Um, hmm. So I think, like I was saying, you know what you're gonna get from CJ and Dame, but they kind of threw in some different pieces and had some nice offseason moves. Um, so I think with some of the new additions. They, I think they could really surprise their Vegas odds, um, but but maybe be another sleeper team. And I think I feel like we see this every single year with with Portland. It's like oh, they're projected to be a seven seed or an eight seed, or they're projected to have forty four wins or whatever. And they always are are better than they are. And I I I see something very similar this year for them. I uh, yeah, the pieces they added we'll get to in a second. I had the the Trailblazers as. Uh, ice melting in a drink. And sometimes ice melting can actually do a lot to help the drink out. If you're drinking anything straight or, you know, on the rocks, then, then a little bit of ice melt, uh, gets you to a really good level. And that's, that's kind of what you want the drink to taste like. Uh, but if you wait too long, melted ice can, can really bring it down. And, uh, that's kind of the, the blazers here with this window. And I feel like every year we've done this, that there's just kind of this inevitability that the McCollum, the McCollum and Lillard split just has to happen. And over and over again, the Blazers just keep saying, F that. We're not doing that. We have, we have these two guys. Uh, they are not perfect fits in a conventional sense, uh, but they've brought us a lot of success. They work really well together. They're both great dudes. Uh, I really don't think that's ever going to happen. Like I think as long as, as those two want to play together, uh, Portland is going to keep them there. Um, that being said, there's a huge variability with kind of the, the the potential for this team. They could either, you know, I think that they have just as high of an odds to win the West, and they could also finish ninth. Like it, it's there's just a huge range of outcomes due to the the other quality of the teams. Um, lots of moves to like though. Uh, Baysmore for Evan Turner, no brainer. Um, Evan Turner just yes. it, it didn't work. Uh, Baysmore is much more complimentary of a player. Doesn't need the ball in his hands. Uh, I think getting Whiteside seems like they have a good good mental health space uh, with Whiteside, and I feel like he's totally ready to just do the same Nurkic role, especially defensively. Uh, getting Nas Little in the draft was just a gift from above because he has the frame and profile to become the wing that they have been desiring for so, so long. 
Mario Hazonia is fun. I just feel like this is the, the perfect situation for him. And even just getting Marc Gasol in the room or Pau Gasol in the room to, oh, you know, yeah. to, to, to mentor some of the young bigs. He probably assumes that Zach Collins is Slovenian. So he, he, we have to work on that. <laughs> um, get him straight on that. And then there's this kind of the thing with Portland. And this might actually have something to do with that inevitable McCollum trade. Anthony Simons or Anthony Simons. Yeah. People yep. are crazy high on him. I mean, he can fill it up. Like if you if you sat down and watched him, like I think he had forty last year in the yeah. last game regular season two. game yep. or two. He he can light it up. And the thing, like he was drafted out of high school, he draft eligible as being nineteen at whatever cutoff they have in the NBA, and they've been really patient and slow with him. But the dude's an athlete; he can stroke it. Crazy kind of that combo guard. Yeah. So who knows? Like, uh, even Damon said, like, he's up next. Um, and you were mentioning all the pieces they have. Like, all it takes is it seems like Zach Collins, everyone was like, okay, maybe this year he's going to up. So, um, or maybe last year people were, last year people were saying that. So maybe this is the year. Um, and I know the, the thinking around Portland is like, why aren't we giving this guy minutes? Like, he was getting less than 20 minutes a night, it seemed like. And so in a starting role, Assumably, he's he. I mean, he should definitely be a, a solid contributor. Yeah, the body is catching up. I think with Zach Collins to to the point where physically he he can you know he belongs in the court. Um, the skill was always there. It's just the physicality was was lagging behind. And I think just the experience that yeah this this year is probably a much much uh, more safe assumption for or reasonable assumption that this is the year he's going to pop. Uh, but who knows? Right. Yeah, I'm, I I really don't know what to expect with this Blazers team. You'd like to think that they can they can beat was it forty one and a half that that uh, that Vegas has on them, um, but uh, the West is just a bloodbath. Like even making all of these teams with the East, you know, are, are the way we staggered it. I was trying to do like a fun team versus a, a not so fun team. Every team in in the West is just interesting in its own way, yep. Uh, yep. including this next one, Houston. Uh, I have a feeling that you might have done the exact same thing I did, and this is just you know a, a comment on on uh, some of the choices we've made in college. I think Houston is the mixed drink accidentally quote unquote ends up in the beer bong uh, because Ooh, yeah. you're just you're just trying to see how this thing goes. Uh, this is about to get funky, and that Rockets B guard position. What, next to Harden, uh, they have tried a lot of things. They tried Ty Lawson three or four years ago. Uh, then it was Lou Williams, and then, of course, Chris Paul, and now it's Russell Westbrook. And this one might make the least sense out of all of them unless they can invert things and basically turn Harden into uh, Houston's version of, of, of Clay Thompson. Very good shooter, but the problem is, is that 88.5% of Harden shots last year were either pull-up threes or layups and floaters, um, shots that he wouldn't necessarily get as many of in that Houston system if uh, if Westbrook basically takes on that distributor role uh, and they flip things. But I just I don't know I don't know if they're planning on doing that. I think that they're just like let's get Westbrook on the court and we'll figure it out and um, you know let talent win and let James Harden continue to basically run this offense like he has the last five years. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be more of the latter. I think it's just like, all right, they're friendly, they're they're competitors. Like, let's let's get them on the floor together and just kind of see what happens. Total yeah. experimental. Um, with that being said, yeah, I was, I mean, very very similar uh, in terms of my drinks here. I said Houston is like asking a friend to get you a drink in Vegas, and they show up with one of those foot long things. They know, and it's just like. All right. Well, I have no idea what this is, but I'm here for it. Like, let's do this. Um, I, I I don't know. The pieces there seem they seem kind of weird to me, though. Um, right now, I'm looking at their depth chart, and they have Russell Harden, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker as their point guard through power forward. So no player above six five. Yep. At their un, un, until their center. Like, I don't know. I, I get it. Everyone can kind of play small, and then they have a defensive anchor in Capella, but that to me is pushing it. Like in the past, they've always had kind of a wing who can who, who's more of a versatile player, and this year it doesn't seem like they maybe have that. Um, I guess Dabo they have coming off the bench, um, and Austin Rivers as well. But um, 
I don't know. It, it, it seems like a weird collection. So this really does seem like quite the experiment. Yeah, it's it's Daniel House is really the only one guy, the, like the swing True. guy that can kind of play that position, the the Ariza right. role from a couple years ago. Yes. Um, he wasn't healthy or producing well enough at the same time uh, for all of too much of last year. Towards the very end against against Golden State, you start to see it a little bit with him. Uh, but yeah, they, they just rely so much on P.J. Tucker. Like if he wasn't on that team, right. they could not do half of the things that they want to do. Nope. Um, yep. and Capella, you know, is, is basically unplayable at a certain point. Um, so it's, it's a weird deal and they're, they're totally betting on, on this to work. And I don't even know how much we can really comment on it until, until we see it happen. But, uh, yeah. regardless, I will stay tuned because I, I want to see how this thing looks. Um, Me too. uh, it's, it's just going to be weird seeing Russ, Russell Westbrook in like a catch and shoot position. Um, cause we just, we have not seen anything close to that for a long time. Uh, Let's go Kings. What do you have for the uh, the upstart uh, purple and black team in Sacramento? Yeah, I, I like the Kings a lot, and you kind of mentioned it, upstart. Um, I, I have them just as straight tequila. Um, okay. Run and gun, fun, fast-paced team. Uh, tequila kind of – it always seems like the common denominator. It might not might not be your uh, your drink of choice, but um, nope. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it seems like um, in, in a lot of groups – the the common denominator for for, uh shots go-to shots so um i mean you you throw in fox there and you kind of know the the style of play that your team is going to have when your point guard is always looking to push the ball he's as fun and exciting as anyone in the league and then they kind of have guys around him who can all run and uh play that same style so uh i'm i'm big on the kings moving forward yeah, I like everything that you said there uh, about, you know, Fox especially and the guys that make sense with him, uh, Giles, Bagley, uh, Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich, all the young guys that can kind of play at his speed. Uh, but I had the Kings here as a custom craft cocktail. Uh, and they're, you know, they're cool, they're fun. Uh, but ultimately, there is a reason that whatever the bartender made for you uh, is not on the menu already. It's because it's it's not it's not. Uh, uh, for for the masses because it's not it's not really a, a finished product quite yet. Uh, question for you, and not to put you on the spot, yes. but who were the Kings' four highest paid players? <laughs> oh man, yeah, An- that's tough. annual annual basis here. All right, Harrison Barnes. Yes, that is number one. Okay, um, Ariza. He's number three. Okay. Um, maybe, and it would suck to be Deadman. It is number two. Oh man, Buddy Healed? No, Buddy Healed is making four million dollars, and that's part of the reason Buddy Healed wants to make some more money. Who is who's for? Corey Joseph is your fourth guy. Um, no way. So, uh, all four of those guys were either signed this off season or brought in halfway through last season, uh, like Harrison Barnes was. Um, none of them are making over $20 million, so n- n- none of those guys are, are completely blowing your cap up. Um, but getting them doesn't really... I, I get I get what they're trying to do. For the Kings, like the Magic and like other teams we've talked about, getting the playoffs is incredibly important for a fan base um, that, you know, since you brought that team, you saved that team from uh, relocation to Seattle... Uh, they have not been anywhere close to that. They've gone through the Boogie Cousins days, um, the George Carl fiasco, all of that. Uh, but in this case, I just feel like, you know, you sign Dwayne Dedman, you sign, sign Harrison Barnes, uh, Corey Joseph, just kind of, and then Rashawn Holmes, they just kind of get in the way of, of what you have here, the really important stuff of, of Fox, Giles, Bagley, and Buddy Heald. And, you know, that, that core, um, like I, I don't know if it, Dwayne Dedman's not really like a, a vocal guy, but uh, I, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like they could, they could have just you know played this out another year, maybe missed the playoffs again. That's fine. Pay Buddy Healed, uh, have some more more money to spend on these guys when they eventually do uh, get another decent pick, and then you know have something else to go. But it was just just a weird kind of in between off season for for the Kings. Yeah, and on one hand, like I, I definitely see that. Um, I guess it, 
I guess it wouldn't make sense if those contracts are expiring later than when you need to pay a guy like Heald and Fox. Like if if Fox needs to be paid in two years and Deadman's contract goes is four year contract or something like that, and you don't have you literally don't have the money to pay him, like that wouldn't make sense. But from Sacramento's standpoint, you're not gonna get the high end free agents. So I think it's 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 one of those things that's just tough to sign anyone of real, real worth. And it's like, well, we have money this year for the next two years. We might as well use what money we have on serviceable players. Um, I think maybe the better option would have been to try to sign some younger, cheaper guys, like you were saying, and maybe miss the playoffs again and then see what you can kind of do in the draft and uh, hope you kind of strike lightning in a bottle again like you did with Fox. Maybe you won't have a draft pick that high, but, um, you know, um, but I think it's just Sacramento's uh, point of view of just like, well, we can't go out and get those those big name free agents, so we're going to do what we kind of can. Yeah, very true. And you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the Nets um, and and the Hawks in a sense. Like this this young core, once you kind of uh, get it to a certain point that they're they're going to be good and make the playoffs, that uh, you know it's not going to really get demonstrably better than this from a talent perspective. So um, you know, if that's the case. Uh, we both love Darren Fox, but he's got to get, you know, a little bit better. Uh, Heald has to take a step up. Giles has to has to prove what he's worth, and Begley has to step up as well. So we'll see. Um, but uh, but either way, fun team to watch, um, regardless of of whether they win or lose on a given night. Let's go to the Spurs. Um, I have the Spurs as the new Natty Light Lemonade, which I don't know if you've seen or had. I have not. Um, I have no idea if it's good, but the Natty Light Lemonade is very clearly a Natty Light's uh, run at uh, being cool for the kids. Um, so the Spurs have embraced youth in a different way than they have for a long time, including the fact that Tim Duncan is on the bench and has dreads, which is just hilarious to me. Uh, like, <laughs> like he's not just has the Tim Duncan haircut anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, DeJounte Murray is 23, Derek White is 25, Yaka Pertle 24, Lonnie Shelton, or not Lonnie Shelton, Lonnie Walker is 20, Keldon Johnson is also 20. Um, so those are five guys right there that I'll really, I like, and they, they, they are, you know, definitely on the younger side, especially for, uh, for Spurs, um, or from, you know, a historical Spurs perspective. They don't really care because this is the team that employs LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and Rudy Gay, but I just wonder where the hell is the shooting going to come from? DeRozan shows up in San Antonio. They have him shoot a sixth as many threes as he did in Toronto, um, and his efficiency goes down as a result. But they must have just said, look, we have the guys that we have. Uh, Here's how we're going to get points uh, the most reliably or hit shots the most reliably, play good defense, uh, You know, coach well at the end of games. That's how we're going to win. But, uh, you know, it's not like any of the guys I mentioned, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Yaka Pertle, Lonnie Walker, and Keldon Johnson are, are lights-out shooters. Um, so, And they got rid of Davis Breton. So it's it's a weird, weird roster for sure. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And I think it's almost uh, – I guess there's two – to uh, some point that it's, it's classic Spurs in that we don't um, maybe see it, but – the front office always kind of comes out with product that's better than we always expect. Um, and I had a, I had a very similar, uh, drink, drink choice. Mine was uh, bud light orange, oh. like kind of like it's the same kind of thing, but it, or at least to me, it's like, is it, is it even different? Like, I don't know, yeah. but maybe they're just smart, but it's at this point, I feel like the, the product that they're going to put out on the floor it, is what we can always expect um, from the Spurs, but just with a different flavor. Um, I like I like that rookie Keldon Johnson. I think he was kind of, he was a good, really good value. Yeah. Um, and then who knows? Like maybe like Derek White really well next year or last year. Maybe this year he can take another step forward. Maybe Lonnie Walker is the guy to kind of do what Derek White did last year. In that case, then you you have something to build on. But just as far as the future, like Marcus Aldridge is three four. Again, Three. Wow, that's actually surprising. Rudy Gay is younger than Lamarcus, but uh, and then I mean, you can look at Rosen. He's got to be close to thirty. So, an aging roster as well. 
Yeah, I think DeRozan's 31. I was looking at, at it earlier. Um, yeah, interesting there. I mean, the Spurs, they're the Spurs. Like, you you, you just pencil them into the playoffs. But um, there's some there's some questions on how this is going to work. I know, at least as of maybe the last preseason game the Spurs had played, that DeJounte Murray and Derek White hadn't played a single minute uh, alongside each other. Uh, and those might be two of your most talented players, and they're not playing together. So they're trying to figure out how this is going to work. Um, but, uh, but color me curious and I will, I will stay tuned, especially for the John T. Murray, uh, comeback player of the year campaign, which I would feel like he has a pretty good, uh, case for, um, and has, has looked really good early. Uh, there was a clip going around last night of him, uh, stuffing or, or bothering James Harden on one end and then going right past him for a layup on the other end. So that's great to see, uh, that, uh, his, his, le- his length and athleticism is, is, Seemingly all the way back from his injury. Uh, let's go to the Thunder. What do you have for for? Oh God, what a! I mean, Kevin Durant was on that team three years. Like it, it's just so weird thinking of of how much has evaporated from the Thunder teams of of just a few years ago. You're taking two things, or let's just say multiple things that are decent on their own, and then you're combining them and turning them. <laughs> to me, it's. It. So uh, this roster is crazy. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, Steven Adams is like your your tough guy, and, and I coming in at point, coming in with minutes with maybe even off ball because you got Chris Paul there. It just it just I don't know what they're gonna do at the small forward or power forward position. Yeah, they're like the uh, the Clamato, the uh, you know this the Safeway. Uh, Dangerous way. I'm sorry. The uh, that aisle of of booze, the Clamato cans. It's like, why do you have these? Like, so that means someone buys them that you're selling them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. They, they're weird, and and they they will definitely not look the same as they do now. Uh, Jeremy Grant is gone. Obviously, Russell Westbrook's gone. Um. I have the Thunder as Malibu. Uh, Malibu is tasty. Um. It, uh, no one can deny that unless you really don't like coconut. Uh, but you're definitely not going to have a lot of it um, in, unless, you know, you're very, uh, very new to, to the powers of Malibu. Um, this team is going to struggle to score uh, badly. CP, CP3 is their best offensive player. He just doesn't have the ability to just get off, you know, beat someone off the dribble or hit pull-up shots um, like he used to. And even for a guy his size is always going to have limitations with. Uh, they're probably their best lineup is him. Uh, uh, Terrence Ferguson, Danilo Gallinari, uh, Andre Roberson, and Stephen Adams, uh, who is a month younger than me. Like Stephen Adams is was born in July 1993, which is just insane to me that he wow. look he looks like he's like 32 um, at least. But anyways, that to me that lineup just seems like a lot of uh, Danilo Gallinari, and that's just it's a weird no. That's never really been the case for it. Like he's never led an offense. Uh, Billy Donovan, considering what he signed up for when he took that role versus what it looks like now, uh, got a feel for the guy. But I will say, under all of that, uh, that might be their best lineup now. But by the end of the season, Shea Gilgis-Alexander might be included in that. He is the uh, the prize piece right. that they got from the Clippers in the Paul George trade. Um, him getting X amount of months in the Chris Paul Leadership Academy is obviously good for him uh, before Chris Paul either, you know, departs or retires or gets traded at some point this season. Uh, so, you know, study under him, Shea, Shea uh, but please, by all means, do not go to the Dennis Schroeder uh, Leadership Academy. Um, that that one is, is exactly. that, that one is, is not as good. Um, yeah, don't hang around, Dennis. Uh yeah, weird weird situation with the, with the Thunder. They they um they confuse me, but they'll figure it out. Um, probably the right thing, getting what they got from the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, if you're like if they're gonna obviously leave, you might as well get what we can. Yeah, and they'll be drafting for three teams uh for a considerable time in the future here. Uh, let's go to Memphis. I have Memphis as not a drink but a bar. Uh, a very packed but very fun bar. Um, when you're in a packed bar, drinks are going to be spilled. There's going to be lots of misunderstandings from dudes who think you're trying to push them as you're walking around, uh, trying to push them off their spot. You know, 
you know, talk to their their girl, whatever. But you're just trying to get through to the bathroom. Uh, that's going to be the the Grizzlies. They are uh, the West is packed, right? They 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 understood that. They had the Mike Conley, Paul Pau or Marcusol. Uh, Flip that. Um, they realized that you know they got to have their own way to get through this. Uh, they didn't want to compete with that, um, and so instead they're just going to be in the party. They're going to get some some drinks spilled on them. Uh, John Morant is is going to to struggle inevitably, um, but I think that franchise knows best with the Mike Conley blueprint. They threw him into the fire his rookie season. He really struggled, um, and they played the long game with him, and he became uh, a very very good player. Uh, that team is very very young. Uh, with Josh ja- or with Jaron Jackson, I thought Brandon Clark was an awesome pick for them. They s- just stole Josh Jackson from from Phoenix. Um, they have picks from Phoenix as a result of that. Uh, I like what they did. They sensed the uh, the the shifting of the guard in the West. They said we don't have space or the ability to compete in this. Um, let's play the long game. And now you have a centerpiece in John Morant. I think you kind of used this on a variation of this earlier. Um, but for me, um, I really like it. I really like the jalapeno and the, the spiciness to it, but I'm still working on the whole spice thing. Not quite, not quite fully there on, uh, being able to handle, uh, everything that jalapeno, uh, jalapeno is, um, Dude, raw, raw said, jalapenos just hit different than, uh, than the pickled stuff. They, they, they are actually, not for I the faint heart. I was with you at a five guys, like, I don't know, probably five or six years ago, and they accidentally put jalapenos on my burger, and my mouth was on fire. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they 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 definitely. Uh, I, I'm I still I still haven't got there with the spice thing, but I'm working on it. Um, I really love I really love Memphis. Like if you if you put the the kind of the same teams that we talked about with the nice young cores, um, the Atlantas, the Sacramento's. Um, we'll probably get to it, but, uh, Denver, um, those, those sort of teams, I think Memphis is up there. They might be my favorite young core, maybe not the best of that bunch, but, um, the pieces that they have there, I think, I think are maybe the most fun. Um, jaw, just an explosive nightmare, um, meaning Morant and then, uh, Jaron Jackson, Obviously, we, we saw what he could do last year. I think he's going to improve. He looks like down the road, future all-star. Like you mentioned, Brandon Clark, a great value. He was drafted. Uh, Josh Jackson, I, I actually read earlier, they're starting him in the G League. I don't wow, really, really understand that. Huh. Yeah. He's 24. So, um, yeah. It's weird. They're, they're start, he's not in training camp. Then. Interesting. What a man. I, I like him a lot, actually. I think he would do a, a yeah. better outside of Phoenix. Um, their woes are... But maybe they're just trying to really get a fresh start with him. But um, other than that, though, I, I really I really like him. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. That they they might just be trying to to get Jackson all the way into their system, um, get get the Phoenix out of him, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Before uh, before he plays for the uh, for the Grizz, um, it's a perfect transition. Let's flip to Phoenix. Um, what do you have for the uh, your hometown Suns? We'll talk about the Cardinals. They'll talk about Arizona State. There's some Arizona fans here. Um, some Diamondback talk, but no one talks about the Suns. Like it just seems like they're an absolute afterthought in the city, and seems like they've just kind of I don't know. Like everyone about their uh, like owner and their and they just have kind of pushed them pushed them away. Um, to me, they're Takate. They aren't any good, and no one really cares about them. Hmm. And it's kind of sad because I, I do like some of the players on their team, um, but just as a whole, I think it's one of those teams where they can't if they can't get rid of their uh, um, their front office, their management. I don't know if they're ever going to go anywhere. It seems like a New York situation almost. 
Yeah, I have a, a long Phoenix or a semi-long Phoenix rant prepared here. Um, I had the Suns as a mystery box, and mystery boxes, uh, as as I knew them in college, were uh, how do you turn a little bit of money from a lot of people into just a, a fun evening, and and uh, it usually ends up in weird alcohol purchases, including Clamatos, including uh, Coco Locos, which is coconut for loco, uh, Mad Dog twenty twenty, like all the weird stuff that you can only get in gas stations. Um, so it's, it's a question mark, but it's ultimately bad. Uh, and Phoenix, I have no idea what they're doing. They gave up on, they picked Josh Jackson fourth. They gave up on him and DeAnthony Melton, who they, they got from, from Houston for, uh, dumping or for, for taking in Ryan Anderson's salary. Uh, a lot of people were really high on Melton, um, who also was a point guard. Keep this in mind. Uh, they traded Jackson and Melton and two second round picks to get from Memphis, uh, Javon Carter essentially because they had Cal Corver, but they they just released him um, so that they could create cap space for Ricky Rubio. All of this after passing yes. on Kobe White in the NBA draft, um, so that they could trade down to take Jer- to not take Jared Culver, but to take Cam Johnson, uh, probably nine to ten picks before anyone expected him to be selected. Uh, and then later trading up to get Ty Jerome, uh, a, a point guard. So you don't have a point guard, keep this in mind, because you took DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic uh, and Trey Young, technically, uh, while you had the Slovenian national team head coach as your head coach, probably one of the few guys in the world who would accurately know that Luka Doncic is going to be a star. Uh, and then you fire that that same coach after one season uh, in Phoenix, Draymond Green called him out. He said that you know it's ne- it's never the it's always the players' fault, like Marquise Chris, uh, and not the shitty franchises. Um, that's a direct quote from Draymond. Shitty franchises. Uh, they they effed up. Um, Chris's career. Jared Dudley came in and, and chimed in on that, saying that they made Chris uh, shoot five threes a game as soon as he came into the league, when you know he should have been um, should have been a much more uh, developmental project, but they just forced him into action. Uh, if if Marquise Chris ends up being a, a salvageable piece and Dragon Bender, same thing in Milwaukee, uh, Phoenix should have to move to Seattle. It's just, it's simple. They, they F that up just so badly. Um, and just every single year. And then on top of this, you give, you give Devin Booker like a, like one of the biggest extensions in basketball well before you have to. It's, it's so confusing. Yeah. Confusing would be like there's a trail to follow. It's not even worth following it because they they have no plan. No, yeah, yeah. The their situation's crazy, but I mean, with that being said, you have you have Devin Booker and you have DeAndre Ayton, like arguably two of the yeah. top twenty five players. Like to have like, through all of that, you got lucky and you got two players who are something to build. So like. I don't know, make the most of it, but yeah, they've, until this point, they've made an absolute mess of it. Yeah. Just the, just the emphasis on getting Rubio, just that they could have a point guard, um, a season too late and Rubio, I don't know if anyone, if they had been watching him, like he's just not been a useful player for, for Utah over the last few years. Um, and just kind of seems like a sad pairing there. Uh, in case you were wondering where Tyler Johnson plays, it's in Phoenix and you might've known that, but I did not. Um, he is definitely, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the most likely guy in the league. Yeah. The most likely guy in the league to play a basketball game with AirPods in. He should be a seventh option on that team or seventh option on any team. Maybe he's higher on, but like, oh my God. Yeah. That's looking at their roster and looking at how much they're paying guys is, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's absurd. Tyler Johnson makes $18 million a year and Buddy Heald makes four. Uh, yeah. yeah, up is down. Uh, Utah Jazz. <laughs> I had the Jazz as my vodka soda team, and vodka sodas have been um, slowly becoming more a part of my uh, my uh, getting after repertoire. Um, they are not delicious by any means, but uh, very effective, very smooth. It's a very good uh, thank yourself later drink, um, and I think that. Uh, smooth and thanking yourself later is what the Jazz will say about acquiring Mike Conley. Uh, Conley is is obviously getting a little little long in the tooth, um, but I don't think that they'll miss Grayson Allen heading back to Memphis. 
um, because you have Donovan Mitchell here, who is probably one of the best young players you could ever imagine coming to Utah. Uh, you have a very wit- small window to, to prove to him that it's worth staying around, um, and getting Conley does exactly that. Conley helps Mitchell just be a more of a of a less have to do less because I think anyone who's watched Utah in the playoffs the last few years has just seen Donovan Mitchell force a lot of shots. Uh, same thing with uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who they got from Indiana. Joe, Joe Inglis, same thing. Um, and I also think that uh, that'll help Conley not have to force as many shots as he did in Memphis the last couple of years. And also, just I I don't I can't remember if Gobert has ever played with anyone close. Uh, to the same level of, of pure point guard um, as Conley. And I just, we've never seen Gobert play with a play, player like that. Aperol Spritz was introduced to me by my lovely girlfriend over the summer, and uh, they're, they're a great refreshing drink. And uh, I kind of think the, there's some parallels with Utah Jazz in that they will defend the hell out of you, um, which is kind of refreshing to see in this day and age. And on the other end, on offense, I think they're going to be much improved. Um, pure point guard and Mike Conley and then adding Bogdanovich for uh, some shooting needs there. Uh, they're going to be really fun to watch. And I think they could be top three, top four seed in the West. I really like Utah. Yeah, I agree. I think that Conley is just the type of player that there's not going to be any sort of transition um, time needed with him to get him up to speed and, and get him playing well with everyone else. Uh, just a, a very agreeable guy. Um, so it'll just kind of be everyone else adjusting to him rather than the other way around. Um, all right, let's move to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I started there. So what do you have for the Mavs? I'm not quite as high, quite as high on them as people are. Um, I think they're kind of more of a trendy pick and I see why they have a very, very talented roster. Um, but to me, I think they might be, I don't know if it's they're lacking depth or maybe they're just not there yet as a team, but I, I, I don't see them. I playoffs, but I don't see, I don't see them being contenders, at least not this year um, or maybe in the next few. I think they have some work to do. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of their roster outside of the, the two obvious um, really, really nice pieces right. they have. Uh, I have them as, uh, and I, I will butcher this pronunciation, even though I, I practiced it. Uh, Zagania, which is, uh, you could probably guess, uh, come to find out, the national drink of Slovenia, because Slovenia and Luka Doncic is all that matters. Um, next to Kristaps uh, Porzingis, obviously. Zach Lowe used to say this all about all the time about the Knicks. He would just say, Kristaps Porzingis, nothing else matters. Everything you do should be revolved around that. Uh, obviously, the Knicks didn't really listen to that plan, uh, but Dallas seems to be. Um, they have a lot of money tied up now in weird pieces. Like I'm not a huge fan of like Dwight Powell and, uh, Maxi Kleber and guys like that who are just kind of, yeah, Hardaway, who's just kind of like filler on that roster. Um, and it's, it's really tied up. It's not like it's just comes off the books next year. It's all a bunch of expirings. Um, so they're kind of just hoping that they can, they can string stuff together between Doncic and, um, and Porzingis and, and Rick Carlisle Magic and make it happen now. I'm not there yet for them as a playoff team, but that's totally fine. Um, I, I know like they've got some picks tied up to the Knicks and, and Hawks, respectively, uh, for the Trey Young and Porzingis deals. Um, so kind of wait this thing out. Get, uh, you know, make sure that, that Doncic is a true superstar. Get him to that level. Um, and then kind of build this thing up from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not there yet with the rest of their roster. Uh, but they have a very important check mark in the uh, NBA, you know, powerhouse thing or development plan, all ready to go with with uh, with Luca there. Let's hit the T Wolves. Uh, I have them as a sixteen dollar bottle of wine because who wants a moderately expensive bottle of wine? You either want to go really cheap, you want the two buck chuck or you know if it's a nice night let's let's spring for for a 25 30 bottle uh you want to hit the top or the bottom in the west basically you either do what the grizzlies did uh or you do what the jazz did um 16 bottle wine i'm just not there and i i just don't think minneapolis has a has a chance or minnesota has a chance really uh at the playoffs um i like jordan bell next to towns and i like that they picked up jake layman uh josh Akogi, big fan 
I think Robert Covington probably ends up on someone else's team by the end of the year. Um, so yeah, nice pieces. And obviously Carl Towns is a, just a freaking stud. Um, but there's still just that huge Andrew Wiggins sized problem, uh, with their, with their team. Not too much else to be said about the Timberwolves. I, I like Culver, but trading, trading up to get him. I just, I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's there yet. Um, or if he, he's ever going to really be that type of guy, um, to, to make that worth it. But we'll see. Let's talk about a team that's, uh, I don't know. You think the Pelicans are exciting? Yeah, New Orleans for me, they're my uh, Vodka Red Bull team. I think they're just, they're so fun, fast-paced, high-energy team. Um, they did as well as you could possibly hope for in terms of getting um, return on Anthony Davis. You obviously lose one of the best players in the league, and you would expect um, a lot in return, and they got a lot in return. And they, I think they're one of the teams that not only did they get a lot in return, but they made the most of the picks that they, that they, uh, additionally got. Um, Zion looks like a beast and, um, Nikhil Alexander Walker looks like, uh, one of the steals of the draft. Um, I just, I, I like all the pieces they have, honestly. Um, Lonzo, uh, jury's still out on a, on a couple of those guys. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram that they got over from, from Los Angeles. But why not try it now? Like this is this is the time to do so and kind of figure it out. And then you still have Drew Holiday there, and he's one of my favorite players in the league. I think he's he's vastly undervalued. Um, I, I yeah, I love New Orleans and what they what they've done, um, and they can kind of afford to take their time because they are yeah. so young. Yeah, the uh, I have Pelicans as as uh, as prom, and you know, in, in prom you have a lot going on. You have um, you know some awkwardness. You have you know. Drinking's going to happen, a lot of youth, mistakes are going to get made, but luckily you have some chaperones to make sure that everything's all chill, that nothing is too out of hand. Uh, this team kept Drew Holiday, which I did not know if they were going to do, uh, but they brought in uh, J.J. Redick as well, Derek Favors. Um, so some veterans uh, amidst the, uh, the the young bunch there. I really think that all of this was spurred by them, I and mean, this is kind of goes without saying, but you know, winning the lottery is one thing. I just think Zion is so much different than any other prospect that we've ever had because he's just, he's so not a project at all. Like he just feels like he is, he is a instant part of your like foundational piece of your team um, to help you make the playoffs this year. And it's just not how we normally look at rookies. They usually come with a lot more lumps um, than his, right. but I just feel like his, his floor is just so freaking high and the preseason he's looked unstoppable. Um, and able to do a lot of the things we saw him do at Duke already. Um, but yeah, they, they, they could have packed it all the way in, but they realized that with Zion, they don't have to. They can just kind of pick it up and run uh, right now. And so, yeah, I mean, you run out uh, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Derek Favors lineup. You have shooting, you have size, you have, you know, you have veteran play, um, you have athleticism, like, they're, they're a ready-made package and they have Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like you said, like guys who are, you know, big future pieces. Yeah, exactly. I think they're, I mean, they're in a great spot. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Zion, like just being a, being a player that kind of is different than maybe anyone we've kind of ever seen to this point. Um, in terms of just being so NBA ready, but he just, he's an absolute bully. Yeah. Like, uh, I love him. Yeah. I mean, we even see it with like, remember when Chris Porzingis came in the league and he was just, just uh, like tip dunking on everybody because no one knew how to box him out. No knew what he, type of player he was. Like the right. people know what Zion is. Like no nobody who plays in the preseason, no veteran who plays against Zion in the preseason wants to get highlighted. But yet they're, you know, everyone's on high alert of, of this kid and it hasn't mattered. Like he, he is just, you know, hot, hot knife through butter, um, through defenses so far. So yeah, it's, it is very exciting. Like I said to you earlier, going to see them play the nets, uh, in Brooklyn on the fourth, that will be amazing. I hope everyone's healthy for that game, but, uh, yeah, pretty dang exciting down there in new Orleans from, from what it looked like where their franchise was on, on the brink with, uh, Anthony Davis's future up in the air. Um, Let's do Denver and a team who at the end of last podcast podcast I declared them my, my Western Conference Finals pick. Um, 
I have Denver as ciders in general, the whole field. So this is very near and dear yeah. to your heart. Um, All of it. Ciders, they had the market cornered there for a while on uh, non-beer beverages for the uh, the gluten-free and just the, you know, not a big fan of beer community um, or the, the allergic community. Never want never to forget about them. Uh, but then seltzers came and seltzers kind of just, you know, came on really hot and are, you know, exciting and good marketing, good branding. Um, and then they, they kind of take over that lane. Uh, but people forget how good ciders are as just a, a good option there. Um, and that's what I feel like with Denver. Like the two LA teams really made huge moves this summer. I get that. Uh, but Denver was great last year. Their entire team is back. And yes, they lost to Portland. Um, but, you know, that entire team is back. But you also add Michael Porter Jr., who is just a huge uh, potential exclamation mark on that team. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who was a guy that a lot of people were high on heading into that draft. Uh, you pick up Jeremy Grant on the cheap from from Oklahoma City. Uh, everyone else on that team is also still in year five or lower, so they're all guys who are just going to get better, um, save uh, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and Mason, and, uh, Mason Plumley. So, yeah, they, they, they just have a lot of continuity already from last season, uh, plus all the guys that are just going to grow and get better. Uh, and then the Michael Porter Jr. part of it. Um, so they have so much to work with, and I think they just have a leg up on a lot of the rest of the, of the West uh, because of all that continuity from, from last year's team. Yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I think they're maybe they're one of the highest floor, but also, also highest upside teams. Like if, if Michael Porter Jr. pops off, like if he, if he returns to form, there's that potential like, number one or even like top three top five pick dude like whew, yeah that could be fun um but i mean we like there's so many guys they're so deep especially at the guard positions you, you talked about about plenty of it but like when you're when you're having i don't i don't know exactly who they're gonna throw out there but you have jamal murray you got um oh my god gary harris who's the other gary harris thank you mm. and then on the bench, you got Beasley, you got Will Barton. Like they're all six four to six six, and they can rotate positions. And then you have the best, arguably best center in basketball. And I mean, they're a really really fun team. I think they're they're classically good, and that's kind of why I, I compared them to Margarita, which is which is maybe my favorite my favorite drink. So um, they're gonna be definitely a team to uh, kind of be reckoned with. Um, I like that. I like that uh, prediction for them to for them to make it to the finals. Um, I I think they're definitely up there. Yeah, and the the great part about the Michael Porter Jr. thing is like, even if it doesn't happen, I still feel like they they yeah. accounted for that. You know, like Tory Craig, right. uh, Malik Beasley, uh, Jeremy Grant are all guys that could you know could also pop in their own right and be that that kind of missing piece that they didn't have last year uh, on the wing Completely. position. Um, it's such a yeah such a calculated risk at 13 it's like why not why not take him there's no reason to not take him at 13 yep and they did the exact same thing this year with bull bull and just said hey like right you know with the the injury whatever but uh good luck finding seven two guys who could shoot and protect the rim like like this guy can and we're in a position where we can take that risk and and you can't so sorry uh but yeah really good stuff from from denver both now uh, and in the future, let's let's do the LA teams to finish this one out. Uh, Lakers yeah. first. What do you have for for those guys? Uh, yeah, I got the Lakers as a white claw. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. they're they're just they're so. I, this is definitely my bias coming into it because you know I'm just not a not a Lakers fan, but I think they're over their white claws and are overplayed in general. But like I kind of get it. It's they're fun. The, the, the everyone's kind of down for a good time. Like I get the whole the whole thing behind it, movement, so to speak. Like the Lakers are going to be good. There's no doubt. Um, I think kind of maybe what is holding them back, honestly, might be just the injury factor. First of all, yeah. I don't know. Like as Anthony, I don't think Anthony Davis played over 65 games in his career. Like you pray that's that's not the case. Um, and also just. Uh, the, the overall depth, um, you have two of the top five to eight players in the league, and that's great. But if one does go down, 
I think you're kind of screwed. Um, what, what do you have on that? Yeah. Um, he played 75 twice, but then everything else okay. other than that has been, uh, he went 64, 67, 68, 61, 75, 75, 56. Um, okay. Yeah, right in that. Right yeah, mid sixties range. Either way, no, no bold eighty two there from from Davis, um, <laughs> where it's just a completely clean sheet from from a health perspective. Um, yeah, I mean they they have very very little margin for error. Um, you know, with with LeBron's age, and we saw the first kind of um, chink in the armor uh, with his health a little bit last year, only playing in fifty five games. Um, I had the Lakers from an organizational perspective as rage cage um, where you have a lot of beer usually to start off with rage cage. And by the end of the game um, it's gone. You've made a lot of beer disappear very quickly. And now you're also pretty tanked and you kind of have to operate uh, under that, that new world. So hopefully, hopefully you had more beer to, to work with. Um, hopefully that, you know, you're ready to go and you understand what you just got yourself into. Um the Lakers had a, a lot of assets. A lot of them are now on the Pelicans, um, and a lot of them are going to be future Pelicans uh, in terms of picks. So this is it. I mean, what this this Lakers roster um, has got to be it. And so I think that they're just really betting on it's like it's got to be like this season. I mean, LeBron at a certain point, uh, you know, is is how old he is. Like he's he's thirty four years old and and playing as well as as he'd like to up into you know into his mid 30s there's just some realities that go with that i do think though him playing 55 games last year when he usually plays close to 100 uh was whether it was by injury or by design a really good move for his his career especially for this season um but i mean let me just put it this put it to you this way lebron danny green KCP, Kuzma, and Anthony Davis. Like, is is that is that good enough? I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, I, I think it's just another one of those cases. It's like maybe they don't envision this year as being the year, but if you can kind of get to that year two and maybe fill in the gaps there, get another, like, third or even fourth option, like maybe I, I don't know if that's what they're playing for or they're looking to strike for, you know, get, get someone like Danny Green to have – have a have an improved year and maybe have Taylor Horton Tucker step up and play some really nice minutes and maybe it's a Dwight resurgence year. Um, so I can like I see I see a pathway for success and I mean I think this is a risk that is worth taking if you're the Lakers organization. Like you you can't really pass down uh, signing Anthony Davis. Like yeah I think you you got to make that move. Um, albeit trading some of you know maybe some of the most prized um, prospects or, or uh, young players uh, in all of the league I think it's I think it's worth it and then Anthony Davis on top of it I know LeBron LeBron he's 34 turning 35 this year um, and or 35 next year this season um, his career obviously is is towards the end Anthony Davis is 26. It yeah. seems like he's been in the league a lot longer than that, but assuming he stays, and I, I don't know if he does or, or doesn't, but assuming he stays, that's a damn good starting piece to work with. Um, if you do have to have to go that route, yeah, yeah, they are they are counting on on that being the uh, right the succession plan. Uh, yeah, Kuzma is a big part of this because he's the he's the he's the young asset. He's the one guy that's left on from all that the the Zubots. Uh, Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo, all of that um, that's still an interesting piece or intriguing piece. Problem with Kuzma, 31.7% shooting last year from just catch and shoot. Pretty much every every player in the league uh, is a better catch and shoot shooter. Um, and that, you know, their catch and shoot numbers should be well above average um, if, if their total numbers are, are around average. But Kuzma is just not even a league average shooter as a catch and shoot guy. Um, and that just has to change if he wants to play with LeBron because any other type of offense just isn't really going to happen for him, um, to the level that he's used to. So if he, if he can figure it out and be that guy, uh, then absolutely he is both an asset to the Lakers and then a potential asset to somebody else, um, that can extend that, that LeBron and Anthony Davis window. Uh, but uh, but you're not you're not flipping KCP or Rondo or Danny Green really 
um, to mm. to a team for anything better than than what they already have. So it's a it's a it's a very fine line that they're playing. But you know, uh, you bet against LeBron at, at your own at your own risk. Um, if if he's motivated and making passes like he did last night, where he's just throwing over his head perfectly to the yep. corner to Danny Green, uh, that guy is still very much alive. Uh, right. Unfortunately for for him is that the team we're about to finish on here, the Clippers, uh, have two guys that are probably more equipped than anybody in the league just from a a skill perspective and a size perspective uh, to deal with him. Uh, The Clippers signing, of course, uh, Kawhi Leonard and trading for Paul George. I have the Lakers as gin and – or the Clippers as gin and juice – um, not because I particularly like gin and juice or really think that's an apt comparison, but uh, the uh, the late the Clippers thing where they they have the the LA inspired uniforms and they're leaning all the way in on the LA uh, part of it and the fact that that uh, Leonard and George are both from Southern California they are just all in on that narrative uh, so why not throw the Snoop Dogg gin and juice uh, in on top of that um, but just getting far away from that analogy and just talking about this team. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think that Blake Griffin was on that Clippers team a year and a half ago. Um, and that was what they were doing. And then all, here it is now looking completely different. Um, but also still, I mean, they hung on to a lot of the things that made that team really interesting at the end of last year. Uh, Shamit's still there. Uh, Lou Williams, Montreal Harrell, as was mentioned earlier. Um, they're, they're a really good team. They're not, they didn't just go for broke on, on those two guys. They're, they're deep. Uh, they're, they're obviously well coached with Doc Rivers. The only thing to me is just health and, and how much really they want to give to the regular season because we just saw Kawhi, um, say I'm good with 65 games, um, with, with Toronto, they could easily both him and Paul George do that again this year. Um, and that in the West could be the difference between them being, you know, the, the one seed in terms of talent and the, the actually the fifth or sixth seed, uh, in the playoff standings. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head there. Like you take away Kawhi and Paul George, basically, I mean, throw in a few other guys, but um, this is a team that competed in the playoffs, like even without them. So I think you, even you just play one, like even if you just play one of them, there's there's so much improved and then you get both like on paper. I think this is the, this looks like the best team in the league, hands down. Um, and then you, you also mentioned they're deep. Like you look at, you look at every position and I'm just like, Oh, like Jamichael Green, he, he could be, he could be a nice little piece off the bench. Oh, Mo Harkless, like he could play some minutes. Yep. Like they, they have guys at every position. It seems like everywhere. And it's like, Oh, they were able to keep Jerome Robertson, their first round draft pick or uh, early second from mm-hmm. a year ago. Second. Yep. Yeah. First round last year. Right. Yes. Um, like they, they just have dudes everywhere and, and it's a combination of, I think, offense and defense. You got Lou Williams able to play some offense. You got Patrick Beverly able to walk down guys. Like this team looks phenomenal. This is just another classically good drink. I, I had him as a, as a Moscow mule. Um, I think the biggest thing when you get like this sort of roster turnover is A, you said health and then B, just like how they come together as a team. Um, when we saw, back with Miami when when the big three came together that first year they they didn't come out with a championship and it was all the talk you know Chris Bosch not doing this like there was a little bit of turmoil in there and ultimately they figured it out but I think it comes down to how they play as a team and can they stay healthy and if they can do both of those well um gel together well and then stay healthy um I I they could be competing for a championship, bringing home a championship. Yeah, and I mean, they still have like young players that they're still bringing along. I mean, the Shamit's in his second year. Jerome Robinson, yeah. like you said, uh, they still had Cap and Kelly that they drafted, who I really like. Right. Um, you know, Zubach is is a young player that's growing. So if they hang on to to George and Leonard, who are just on the cusp of thirty themselves, this this isn't uh, nearly as tight of a window um, as it is with with the Lakers. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible what they've been able to do. And they, uh, they made things very interesting in a, in a summer that, um, I don't know if uh, Kawhi to the Clippers might've been talked about for a while, but 
at least for me, Paul George was not on my radar at all uh, to no. be traded, especially to to them all in the same kind of uh, you know very very small period. Uh, waking up to that news on over the Fourth of July weekend was uh, was <laughs> it took me a while to, to really understand what had just happened. It was crazy. I, yeah, I, I I really couldn't even fathom it. I was like, who did they who did they give up? What what yeah. what could have possibly gone on? Yeah, we just saw both LA teams and and Houston as well. I mean, just say, hey, we uh, we're into this. A championship really really matters. And uh, you know what's what's a pick that could be someone else's someone else's job to deal with that. Um, but yeah, this this should be an awesome awesome NBA season. I think that the inevitability of the the Warriors factor, even though they didn't end up winning last year, um, was uh, probably soured a little uh, uh, people a little bit, but. Uh, this year, my God, I mean, who, who knows from either conference, and it's been a while since since we've been able to say that. Right, yeah. I mean, there's just so much change, and I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be incredibly fun. It seems like, I don't know, every year I swear my mom says, um, <laughs> totally unrelated to basketball, <laughs> but she's like, it's getting colder so much earlier. It's, it's like the leaves are changing so early this year. And I'm like, mom, it's, it's seriously every year. It's, it's, <laughs> this is, this is what it is. And I feel like this is every year with basketball. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm just thinking that every year is just so different and maybe that's what makes it so great. Or maybe this year actually is crazy because it does seem like the turnover is insane. Yeah, just uh-huh. the the amount of I mean, Anthony just just off the top of my head, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, you know, all all changing teams. Um, yeah. that, that's a lot, you know. We, we, it, right. And we'll compare it to next summer when you know B- Buddy Heald changing yeah. a team will will be the big big coup. Right. So, um, yeah, I this, think you missed uh, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like, uh, that is the Kyrie product. Irving. That's the product of it being 11.57 p.m. Um, and yeah. uh, me needing to go to bed. But uh, appreciate That's you really doing this. Uh, third annual, well done. Um, should be a fun one. And uh, we'll be in touch, my friend. But thank you again. Definitely, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, brother. Take it easy. Yeah, you do the same.